feel kind of like God. <laughs> and then this man with the devil on his hand came and took the hat. Free Britney. Free Britney. <laughs> So, no, I ain't jumping into shit though. I was, we gotta do, you know, I want, we need, I need, can we, do you got a voice synthesizer? A what? Like, uh, to, to, to make our voice sound like something else? Like someone else? Nah. Like, I wanna sound like Robert Stack, dude, from fucking Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries. That would be dope as fuck. I could be Robert Stack and you could be John Walsh. Oh my god. <laughs> that would be hilarious though, wouldn't it? That would actually, that would be fucking hilarious. Today on Dab to Death. <laughs> you can put the music. <laughs> so guys, you know, um, been been growing a garden lately. And uh, and, and not the cannabis and, kind. Yeah, not the weed kind. I, now, I, I know what you're all thinking. You're thinking, I'm not a true pothead. I'm not fucking growing weed. How could I not do that? I mean, I'm not growing weed either. I just, you know, I live in an apartment. Yeah, also, you live so. in an apartment though. But, you know, my wife told me I couldn't, so I'm being a good husband. And also, I've already done that shit, and I just don't like having to worry <coughs> about my shit getting stolen. Because I had that shit happen one time, and it, it, it kind of turned me off on the whole thing, you know what I mean? I mean, and the fucking shitty thing about it was, like, you know what, if you're going to steal my shit, steal it when it's fucking... <coughs> Steal it when it's good, when it's ready to go. <coughs> These motherfuckers stole the shit when it hadn't even fucking... It hadn't even began to, it hadn't even, it just started blooming. Like, I mean, there there were little buds on it, like fucking little popcorn nugs, like that size. And then they left the plants that had the fucking huge nugs on it. I'm like, come Some on. people are just dumb. Yeah. Shit happens. You know, the, 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 uh, what is it? Um, the moral of the story is don't steal people's shit. Do you have the torch? Not in here. God damn it. Nick, we got a problem. <laughs> Shit. Oh, I got it! That is the problem. The lighter uh, that I am using here, I found it yesterday at my wife's cousin's house in his backyard because I fi was fixing his fence. And I found this shit in the grass. And I mean, it was kind of ceased up on me when I got it. And I was like, oh no, it's cool. Like, oh shit. Hold on. <coughs> oh, core. Honestly, oh. that one's not that bad. I don't know why I put a frowny face on it. Frog, did you hit it? It was too hot, Nick. I need a lighter. <coughs> oh, god damn it. Okay. I'll, I shall return. Hold on. It's go is it good? On one side, we don't want it to burn like that. Or maybe. I don't know. Let's see. I'm going to puff on this for a second, people. Just smoke that pole. <coughs> no, but anyway, I found this lighter in the backyard. <coughs> and it was a little seasoned up, and I didn't think nothing of it. And I just fucking turned it the opposite way. You know, turned the roller the opposite way to get it um, um, loosened. Because that's Ooh. usually the way it always happens. And I did. And then fucking... I was wondering today why it wasn't working all that great. And... I figured out why the flint's gone now. 
Yeah, no, or not no, the flint, the spring. Yeah, I think uh, it still works. It still it still does its job, kind of. Yeah, fucking. You know how hard I had to press that thing to get it to go. I, I even, couldn't do it. I don't even press my dick that hard when I masturbate. I would hope not, because <laughs> I feel like that would just cause a lot of pain <laughs> right? at that point. It's just pushing it on the tip. Oh. oh. <laughs> it's like getting a catheter every day. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god, no, I, uh, I, 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 you know, like, we were joking around with that meat thermometer earlier, and, uh, my girlfriend said something about, like, using it as, like, a catheter. She's like, oh, you don't want me to stick that in your tip, and I was like, oh god, no, like, oh, just the, 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 how big around that metal rod is. <laughs> you picture that? Dude, I've seen some fucking, like, I don't, I think it was on Rotten.com or some shit, dude. It would be. I, I don't know what, what, but dude, it looked like a fucking guy fucking having a fucking dildo sh- Rammed in and out of his dick, which was pretty much split open from it. Oh, Jesus. Like, how is that even a... Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I get it. Like, everybody has their own fetishes and their own things that they like. But, like, when it comes to that... Dude, like, self-mutilation and shit like that just is not okay. Like, like the pain Olympics and shit like that. I mean, they fucking... Cut their fucking sack open, yeah. pop the balls out, cut the dick off, smash each ball. I mean, just shit, dude. How more emasculated are you going to be? What, are you going to get prosthetic ones because you won? I mean, shit, how much is it going to cost? Uh, yeah. I, I Number one, I have a pretty low uh, pain tolerance because, uh, you know, it's just not my thing. But, uh, yeah, just like thinking about half of the shit that they do on that shit, I'm like, nah, nah, nah. So much nah. So yeah. much nine, it's almost ten. I well, I mean, even like I, I don't know. I mean, people say it was fake, but even the two girls in one cup was nasty. Oh, oh I remember God. what it was. It was two boys, one sandbox. Why do I feel like I you? I feel like you've brought this up before. I probably have, dude. Did you see the? Uh, you see that? Oh, something I wanted to bring up. I don't think it's political. <laughs> what um, was that? Anonymous, uh, anonymous fucking said some bad shit about Elon Musk and fucking Bitcoin and shit. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people are pissed off at Elon Musk because, like, every time he tweets about crypto, the fucking crypto market takes a fucking but, shit. But he made millions. And honestly, I'm a little upset about it, too, because I got a little bit of money in crypto. Not like, I'm not like, you know, fucking Mark Cuban or Elon Musk out here. But, you know, I got a little money in crypto, and I really wish he would quit fucking with the shit because, like, I kind of need a little more money. Boom, right there. Here it is. I'm going to play it for you. Greetings, citizens of the world. This is a message from Anonymous for Elon Musk. For the past oh, shit, several they called years, him out personally. One of the most favorable reputations of anyone in the billionaire class because you have tapped into the desire that many of us have to live in a world with electric cars and space exploration. But recently, your carefully created public image is being exposed, and people are beginning to see you as nothing more than another narcissistic rich dude who is desperate for attention. It appears that your Possibly. quest to save the world is more rooted in a superiority and savior complex than it is in actual concern for humanity. This has been obvious to your employees for a long time, who have faced intolerable conditions under your command for years. Sounds like Amazon. It is also obvious to the young children working in your overseas lithium mines, hmm. which are destroying the local environment as well. Hmm. You have been open about your willingness to stage coups in order to install dictators in places where your toxic products are being mined. You have even prematurely but you want to get mad at Ethereum mi- or crypto miners. Your fanboys overlook these issues because they are focused on the potential good that your projects can bring to the world. 
but you are not the only show in town, and your competition is growing more intense with each passing day. There are plenty of other companies working on space exploration and electric vehicles. You are just the only CEO who has gained a cult following through shitposting and trolling the world on social media. <coughs> Some pretty deep shit, though. Right? Oh yeah, no, like uh, there's a number one, a lot of shit in there that I had no fucking idea about, like as far as like Elon Musk's past. I didn't and... know he didn't find the. I thought he was the founder I, yeah, of Tesla. I, I, totally I thought he was thought, like smart as shit. I totally shit. thought he started Tesla and all this. No, he just fucking bought it from two dudes. Um, and then that shit about him being born into some fucking like blood money fucking shit, like. You know, I mean, it's, again, it's, again it's, this it's, is anonymous. They could all just be like shit talking and being it's like. It's some like um. It's uh, it's his, 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 pretty much his family came from uh, they 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 got their money from Emerald Mine that they stole, or some shit. I don't. The ones they say apartheid. Like, like a, yeah, I don't pre-apartheid. Know. Like, like I said, maybe, I, they, maybe they were using slaves. I don't, saying? I don't know, man. I don't know. What like, it, it, that's a lot of serious, a lot of serious uh, accusations and mudslinging going on there. And uh, you know, I've gotta gotta start questioning my man Elon now. Well, you know, you, you, like, you know, uh, you know, what we just did since we sent this out. Huh? We're no longer gonna be able to ever buy a Tesla. I mean, to Tesla. Bands? Hey, weren't we in the last episode just doing a? Hey, we're gonna do a GoFundMe to buy Nick a Tesla. <laughs> You're not getting a Tesla anymore, Nick. I I told you I don't want a Tesla. <laughs> Number one, I don't have the kind of, that kind of money. We'll get like, you a Chevy Volt. Dude, yeah, exactly. Chevy. Give, me, give me a Chevy Volt. I just want a nice new Chevy Volt, maybe with like the premium package. So you know, I got all the fancy shit. But I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna get you the first. Fucking honestly, honestly, you Prius. know what? You know, one thing I definitely need. There's a Prius. No, what? But you know, one thing I need with my a new Prius. car. No, fuck <laughs> off. You know what I need with my new car? What? Those fucking little, the little lights on the side of your mirror that lets you know when somebody's in your blind spot. Because I am terrible about almost merging into somebody. And the blunt went out. It's cool. I'm going to do a dab anyway. Yeah, actually, that was really good. Anyway. Ooh, I, feel, I feel quite nice, man. Um, well, I'm going to have to go make another drink in a second. Oh, you mean another green tea because it has antioxidants? Yes, yes. I'm drinking green tea I'm... and Crown Royal. Oh, there's Crown Royal in there? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually technically the uh, Apple Crown Royal. It's a really good combination. That's why you I know actually... You know what else is a really good combination is the, the Apple Crown Royal and sweet tea. That's why she was so willing to give me her drink. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get me faded. Oh, man. Like, so, guys... I don't really drink that much anymore, man, and I kind of enjoy it. There are certain times, yes, where I... I, I mean, I, I, I don't drink as much as I used I to. I miss drinking, like, the way I used to, but at the same time, you know, when I wake up in the morning and I feel like a million bucks, I don't miss it at all. And I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning for no apparent fucking reason whatsoever. No reason. Where are you going? We're going to take a quick five-minute break, people. Five minutes? Yeah, yeah. Five minute break. Five minute break. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude. I, th look. The only time the temperature on the thing goes down is when somebody hits it. But we haven't been in here, so there's no reason it shouldn't be at 640. Sometimes it fluctuates. No, there's a ghost in here. It took a uh, dab and we were gone. I mean, I kind of hope this place is haunted. 
Dude, wouldn't that be some shit though if you played back the the, the dead time and you just sh- hear the dab ring going <laughs> and then somebody coughing? So last week we had the the Pabst High Seltzers. You remember those? Um, and it was ten milligrams of THC. It tasted like lemonade. Yeah, it really did. So this time we have a, a cannabis infused sparkling beverage called Wonder Higher Vibes Twenty. And it's a blood orange bitters. It's 10 milligrams of Delta 9 THC for your mind and 10 milligrams of Delta 8 Delta 8 THC for your body. And uh, yeah, so I think this will uh, be pretty tasty. Yeah, we didn't even review the one last week. We just drank it and forgot all about it. I mean, the the last one, like I said, it just kind of tasted like lemon. I was driving home and I was like, oh shit, we didn't even fucking... Like, Say anything. I should have taken that all in one gulp. It's all right. Bitter. Well, it's called blood orange bitters. We'll see how we feel later on, if we remember. Because I'm already pretty high. I was gonna say it doesn't really count when we're doing hella dabs, though, does it? I mean, I I I don't say that that often, but I'm actually I'm pretty high. I'm pretty high. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. Gonna get her done. Dude, that goes with weed though. Like back in the day when you when you were buying weed from somebody, life is like a bag of weed. You never know. You what never you're know get. what you're gonna get. <laughs> but I mean, you can have some weed that's like I mean I mean I don't know if you guys had it, but you got weed that like it looks the part. It's got the fucking <laughs> great smell. But when you smoke it, it just tastes fucking so awful. And then it's just like, it doesn't even really like get the job done. Like you're like, you, I, I had this shit, I got this shit um, from one of my, uh, an acquaintance. They, they, they gave an me, they, they gave me some weed. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't pay, I didn't pay for it. I mean. But somebody had given them some weed, and they gave me some of that weed. I don't like to pay for and weed. I went, I went home, and I was like, "Cool, free weed," and it looked good. It didn't really smell all that great, but it looked good. And I broke it up, and it broke up nice, and it rolled up nice in a blunt. And I smoked it, and I mean, it was, it was one of the, it was a, it was just a sigh, man, like. It, like, it didn't really taste all that great, and, you know, on top of that, I smoked a whole blunt to the face, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I don't even feel anything. Uh, that's the worst. I, I, I don't feel anything at all. Like, I don't feel high. I don't feel a head change. Like Yeah, nah. I just got, like, so I actually went inside and rolled up a blunt of some other stuff and smoked a half blunt of that, and now I felt <laughs> good. I was like, yeah. Because, you know, usually when I roll blunt, I don't... Since I'm smoking by myself, I ain't balling like that, dude. Where I, you know, where I'm just gonna smoke a blunt every time. I'd rather fucking just I'll, I'll smoke a blunt and then I'll fucking I'll, I'll like smoke half of it. Holy shit, dude! How much did you put in there? <laughs> That's way too much. Nah, it's just the right amount. He filled up the whole. It's not the whole thing. It's like half the banger. It's <sighs> I can see the level. It's not near the top anymore. But, you know, it was just, it was a tease, and it was disappointing. But, you know, I've had weed that it it doesn't look that great, it doesn't smell that great. But you smoke it, and you're like, wow, like, this this caught me off guard. 
But, you know, I do have to say some of the most interesting and kind of, I, I would say, tasty weeds that I've ever had was this stuff. It was called French onion. <laughs> and I swear to God, it tasted like French onion when you, it smelled like French onion and it tasted like French onion when you smoked it. It was fucking weird as shit, but like, I don't know, it worked. And it got you really, it was really good weed. It was, it was, it was good quality weed. You got hell high from it. I mean, I just, I don't know if you, I'm ever going to see that again, but it, you know, it was just amazing that you can actually find something that you could grow and make it taste like French onion when you smoke it. Like, I don't know what the fuck you guys did, but whoever fucking got that was on point. Like, uh, two thumbs up, bro. If I had four, I would give you four, but Nick's taking a dab right now, so... Um, uh, wait, wait. There's still a quarter of it full. He's got two thumbs up. Which one is that? So, I took some of the... Here, let me taste it. Clear that out. Let me taste it real quick, because it's still going. today people <laughs> so what i did is i took some of the tits diamond sauce and then i dipped it in the which no it was this one the mint chip sugar which like i said is more of a diamond than a sugar <coughs> so i don't know why it says sugar yeah, you, you, <laughs> 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 well, at least it didn't hit the floor. Well, that's hot. Yeah, you just set it on the the, the Won't mat. It melt the thing though. The mat? Nah. Yeah. But you see all that wax on there? You see all the wax still in there? <laughs> oh shit! I gotta Q-tip it. <laughs> Q-tip it. Dude, they got okay. So they got these things called glob mops. And they're basically Q-tips that are built specifically for uh, soaking up dabs. You know, like out of your dab nail. What, you Why am I you... holding all of these jars? Because <laughs> <laughs> you were telling me what you did. And I wasn't even paying attention because I was taking a dab at this point in time. You're like, I took some of the tits diamond yeah, it was and the, I dipped it, was it the, in this. It was the tits diamond sauce and the mint chip sugar. Or mint chip diamonds. I'm telling you, this thing was a glob that he put in there. But I don't understand. You know, I see these videos where these dudes are fucking taking, like, fucking gram fucking dabs oh, to dude, the I face, love that. dude. And not even coughing. And I'm talking about in one fucking, like, one go at it. Like, just... And then they blow out this huge cloud. I mean, did they not just... Did they not smoke at all? I mean, you had to have had it at such a... Okay, no. So, number... Yeah, to, to burn an entire gram like that, you have to have your banger hot. Or your, you know, your email or whatever. You have to have that shit set fucking hot. You have to have it hella hot. So number one, yeah, you are basically burning off most of the shit instead of smoking it. So, and it's also going to be super fucking harsh on your lungs <laughs> and on your throat. So that's why I turned the temperature down this this time. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's it's working. This. We're going to be silent this whole episode. <laughs> we're just be like, so like, um, I forgot what we were talking about, man. Oh, man. Have we even said what we're talking about? Have we even said what this is? You know, like it says, be careful or you might get dabbed to death. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, speaking of, this is dabbed to death and uh, I am 
one of your hosts, Nick. And, you know, taking it's a... It's just Nick today. <laughs> no, he's taking a drink, you know. But there, there's no dick today. <laughs> Aww. I dabbed too much, man. Now I'm going to fucking fall asleep. You, just, you guys are going to hear me in the... And it's going to just be, like, it's okay. I'll, me away. I'll edit it out. Okay. Like, you had to on, like, one or two episodes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we I like doing it earlier in the day, and we're doing it earlier in the day today. It is it is a beautiful Sunday afternoon. It yes, is it 80 is. degrees yes, it is. outside. And is, it, it, is, is it 80? Yes. Oh. Well, I think so. It's, it's what the news said, and it's, like, oh, June. Oh, last I checked. It's been, like, in the 90s lately. I'm Dude, it was, like, 105 degrees. It says it is currently 88 degrees outside. Last weekend, it was it was Memorial Day weekend, and it was 105 degrees. Yeah, now Monday was insane. And I spent two hours in front of a barbecue. Fuck that. Dude. I spent the day inside. That's what I wanted to do. In the air conditioning. Well, anyway. Hiding from the outside world. So. Uh, can we go back to quarantine? Dude, the fucking <laughs> traffic sucks, I bro. hate traffic. It's so bad. I don't. I didn't realize actually, how badly I, I hated traffic until it came back. And I was like, oh. Actually, it was really. I had a real nice drive over here. It was actually quite, quite pleasant. Huh. Not too much traffic, and when there was traffic, I just. Blah, blah, I mean, it was also blah, pretty early. Blah, through yeah. lanes, you know. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I wasn't speed. I wasn't speeding. No, no, never. No, we was, we don't drive recklessly. Limit. Ever. Oh no, the reckless is twenty five over the speed limit. I'm not fucking twenty five years old. I don't do that shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a while. Once in a while, like fucking, if I'm on a road and there is nobody to be seen for miles, I'll open it up real quick. Just bah. Bah. Yeah, just bah. Bah. We should do it with the fucking Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the Corolla can. Bah. Hey, hey, fucking, uh, when you get a new car, we'll just take the Corolla out and we'll fucking drive it as fast as we can. And then jump out of it and watch it crash into whatever <laughs> the fuck it crashes into and then no, run away. I was going to say we just see until it dies. Oh, no. No, I want oh, to destroy that thing. You know, we I, do, I really want to destroy that we, thing. We can, uh, we like, can do a thing. You uh, drain the oil, and you fill the oil up with water instead of oil, and then you run it, and see how long it goes for. See, you run it and fucking put put the foot on the gas pedal and just sit there, you know, high RPM it and see how long it goes. The fucking Honda did it. It lasted for hours, man. <laughs> And then these these one people didn't they drain the oil and they used uh, WD forty instead. What of if oil? you drain the oil and used like anal lube? <laughs> I don't know if that would work. I, I really want to try it now though. It's, it's we'll a, try it. That's it. That's when the when the Rolla when when I get a new car we'll take the Rolla and we'll take Zippy out and we'll just fucking we'll drain the oil and we'll fucking dude, fill it, it up it, with anal lube. It's it's got and it, then it, we'll it, see how long it runs. It's got to be a viscous anal lube, then man, because it can't be like the gel shit that like they that got. Jelly. No, it'll be like that water based shit. Yeah, you know? it's got to be like like Astro Glide. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe KY or like a. Dude, you know how much fucking anal lube we'd have to <laughs> buy to fill the car up? <laughs> we just go into like the sex shop and just be like, hey, um, so how much for like a case of lube? I need like a gallon of anal lube ASAP. <laughs> I need a gallon of your thinnest anal lube. No, I need five quarts. 
You guys got like oil sized jugs? <laughs> you sell it in a five gallon jug? Hey, a 55 gallon drum. <laughs> no, no, it's just, you, just need, you just need that five, uh, the five quart jug. The one and a quarter gallon jug. Come on, can I get a discount? I wonder how much it would cost for a 55 gallon. <laughs> Or a 55, yeah, like a 55-gallon drum of lube. I'm not going to buy a 55-gallon drum of lube. I'll, I'd say, you know what? It, it, hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. Let's take a wager. Do you think a 55-gallon drum of lube costs more than or less than the Moby Dick? Remember, the Moby Dick was $600. More than? More than? You're going to say more than? Okay. For a 55-gallon drum? 55-gallon drum Anal lube. of <laughs> Anal lube. Can you even buy that? Oh my god. Oh, okay, that's not. What How much is it? Oh my god. Here we go. Here. Oh Jesus. Fifty-five gallon drum of lube. One thousand one hundred and seventy-four dollars and seventy-one cents. Let, let, let me see that. Slide back into the dating game with the fifty-five gallon drum of lube. Drop your inhibitions and unleash the voracious lover you always knew you could be by drenching yourself and your partner in warm lube and exploring the cavernous wonders of the human body. <laughs> I kind of want to buy that now. <laughs> Hey, wait, you said they were going to give us another stimulus check, right? <laughs> hey, what if we buy check. what if we buy the 55-gallon drum of lube and the Moby Dick? True Guard? I think that's like motor lube. Like that that's not that's not that's like oil. <laughs> lubricant. DA Lubricant Co. Holy shit, is that all lube? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I, I want to see how much it is for I can five explore flavored lube, intensify your pleasure. They got flavored lubricants, cotton candy lube. Can you get a fifty-five gallon drum of cotton <laughs> candy lube? Bet you, you could. Let's let's check out the cotton candy lubricant. Lube life. <laughs> lube life. It comes in an eight-ounce can. Do I, man? Here, I'm sorry. I took your phone from you. And <laughs> this has devolved into uh, best lubricants to use for anal sex. Anyway, you know, back to back to this is dabbed to death. Yes, it is. This is definitely dabbed to death. <laughs> and um, today, this uh, this, this we're doing week, dab squatch on, on your episode of Dabbed to Death. Uh, we're gonna your God, you love a ghost. <laughs> you gone to loving ghosts we're gonna we're gonna take a look at the uh documentary sasquatch yeah it's, on a, hulu. it's a hulu documentary it's called sasquatch um so it's uh it's this guy david holthouse and uh you know he, he does this pretty uh interesting documentary um you know and like so if we get into this you know on the first slide here uh it says so it says a bigfoot murdered three guys on a dope farm. That's bullshit. And that's a direct quote from the intro, like the intro of the movie of the documentary. Right. And I'm like, this was the line that drew me in and instantly had me dying to know like what in the actual fuck. Right. 
Like I, I just I had to know. Like this is one of the reasons I picked this episode or the picked this for this episode. It's just like it just sounded so fucking out there and so weird. And you know, it was funny because I was trying to get us away from like some of the seriousness and like murder. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's Bigfoot murdering for you guys, but it's Bigfoot, so I thought it was gonna be a little more like weird. But uh, it, it just kind of devolved into something. Did it really happen? Yeah, oh yeah, no, the the murders definitely happened, and we'll get into it. But, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna be honest, guys. This week I, I fucked up, and <laughs> I totally just it blew my mind, and. I'm coming in here kind of a uh, bone stock bald, so yeah. So uh, this this is uh, this is basically this, this is this the is, Nick show. This is story time for you and the listeners Ooh. at this point. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, so we'll we'll do a little background on David Holthouse. Um, you know, uh, so this guy is an investigative journalist uh, whose work includes going undercover and living with Nazi skinheads. Uh, spending 72 hours awake with meth addicts in Denver. So when he stayed awake for 72 hours, though, do you think he was doing meth as well? No, no. How can you can you do 72 hours awake sober? Yeah, you can. Can you? No, I. Well, I've, <laughs> do, I've done. I've done. I've done a week, not sober though. That was that was that was drugs. Yeah, not one. Well, you know, definitely anything over a week, you're on drugs. Um, but no, I think I've done like 48 hours sober. 72. That's, that's a big leap. Well, and this is like, he's a very intense guy. Like, you know, and like, that's part of why he's, he does what he he does is like his background and like how he is and who he is. Um, and then, so like he also reported on both sides of, uh, a Latin street, like gang war. And, uh, he even covered burning man in 1996. So it wasn't all like doom and gloom. You know, um, but getting into some doom and gloom, here's a little, uh, another little, uh, warning. I know we normally are an explicit content show, but here's another little trigger warning. Uh, this part deals with sexual assault. Um, so Holdhouse was the victim of sexual assault at seven years old. Um, he was basically raped at knife point by a family friend's son. At seven? At seven. Holy shit, dude! What the fuck? Yeah. Where, who who was the kid? Well, I I haven't read the piece, but apparently he does name him later. So, um, you know, like he he dealt with this this trauma, and and you know, and as an adult, he wrote a piece, which is now a pretty infamous piece titled "Stalking the Boogeyman." And in this piece, he basically talks about how he planned to kill this man. He had even like gone as far as to purchase uh, an untraceable gun, and he was literally going to kill this guy until his mom uh, found something uh, that was like basically like detailing the what had happened, and you know she she kind of like intervened, and then um, later on he finds out from the authorities in Alaska where he's from that this guy had also raped other kids. So then he publishes the rapist's name in a piece titled outing the boogeyman. And, um, this, the story outing the boogeyman later is picked up by NPR and then, uh, is actually turned into uh, a play as well, like a Broadway play. But it really uh, happened. Yeah, no, this all really happened. This, you know, this happened to him. And, like, this is part of why he does what he does is he, <laughs> you know, he said that, like, you know, uh, disassociating from what happened to him is what is 
part so of how it's part and that's like part of how he's able to put himself in these dangerous situations because a lot of the time he didn't care if he made it out alive you know um and so but you know more of his recent credits include uh netflix's night stalker the hunt for a serial killer which we covered in our first episode um so he helped with that he was one of the producers um he also uh was a producer on declassified the untold stories of american spies uh lorena and amazon prime's the last narc Narc. so he's he's definitely uh he's been around he does he knows what he's doing he is a serious journalist and you know so let's get into this whole story of madness uh in the emerald triangle um so it was a dark and stormy night in october of 1993 and 23-year-old david holthouse is visiting slash trimming he he was kind of like uh vague about what he, he was, was working in yeah, a he was kind of like working out but on no, a farm check, check the thing out check this out like dude in in, in california that's what like every twenty three year old does. I mean, yeah, basically. Well, every twenty three year old that smokes weed. Right. I mean, that's like, well, that's fucking. I mean, because I fucking. Well, and you also have to remember, like, he's from Alaska too, so he comes out here and he's like, you know, he comes out to to the Emerald Triangle to trim some weed. He goes out to Mendo, and <laughs> he, you know, he's expecting it to be this one thing, but like he said that it basically rained the entire time he was out there. Terrible. And, like, so, yeah, he was, like, out there trimming and, like, you know, harvesting in the rain and shit, you know. And, like, so it's, it's you know, it's not all it's cracked up to be. But so to. he's out there and he hears this crazy story about a Sasquatch, you know. And, like, of course, the moment he arrives, he's been hearing stories about how, like, Sasquatches have been, like, spotted more often and how, like, you know, they, they've been, in like, you know, kind of doing a, what, what was it called, a... Uh, Oh God, there's a bunch of Sasquatch hunters that they interview and they used a term where it's like, they basically like charge at you, but a bluff charge or some shit, you know, he's like, and then this one goes like, Oh yeah, I've been bluff charged hella time or plenty of times, you know, like, like he's seen like 50 Sasquatches. Dude, I've seen Sasquatches I'm like, if you've seen 50 Sasquatches, if you've seen that many Sasquatches, where's like your pictures and shit like don't you ever have a camera on you when but you i mean do they tools? still like i i haven't <clears> seen in days them even finding like footprints well i mean they, you know and that's like they i i'm sure that remember that used to be the thing yeah yeah they would always find footprints and all this other shit and if and one then, of them you're gonna have to you'd eventually run up upon one of these things dead right they, well, they can't live so, okay, forever so, so, so they bring that up in the documentary and one of the one of the sasquatch hunters one of the specialists you know basically says that you know this is well, the last bigfoot no no that there's um that there's you know black bears are very rarely seen and they're exclude they're very uh reclusive and they you know like you never see a dead one really so like you know they're basically justifying it saying like oh maybe the sasquatches like go off to an isolated area to die and you know shit like that you know like somewhere where people can't get to they come from under earth yeah maybe they have like giant cave systems we don't know about or some shit they do anyway. have you seen godzilla vs Kong? no no i haven't i mean you're talking about like the original old school shit or like the new shit that just came godzilla out vs. Kong. the shit that just came out no 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 i haven't yeah no it was it wasn't <laughs> bad um but anyway we'll get back to yeah 
We'll get back to movie reviews in a minute. Um, but yeah, no, so so the second night he's out there, he uh, you know, he's in his boss's little A frame cabin. It's him and like a couple other guys in the boss, you know. And his boss gets a call from this guy who's like super freaked out. And later two guys show up saying that Halloween had been torn out of the ground and he's like, Nah man, it wasn't a ripoff. Like it, the the weed's still there, man. And he's like that, you know, he's saying that like the three people were dead and that more specifically they were like mangled and torn to pieces and their bodies were like scattered everywhere. And this, so this guy's like, he swears that a Bigfoot killed those guys. But whatever. I mean, did it ever become a story in the news? Wouldn't it become a story? Nah, nah. Okay. And that's one thing we'll talk about is there are so many people in Mendocino and Humboldt and Trinity, like in the Emerald, they just go dis, they dis a fucking pier. They go missing and they're never fucking heard from or seen again. There's people that are murdered out there and you never know. Yeah. It's like, that's like, this is where people disappear. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, they, they even did another documentary called, uh, what was it, Murder Mountain, that talks about, like, the cannabis, you know, industry out there and, like, all the people that go missing and all this shit. And it, it's, hey, it's, Nick, you want to go to Mendocino? Not particularly. <laughs> I mean, like, I've been, no, I've been out to, like, Mendo and Humble out to, like, the, to the beaches and shit, but, like, that's about it. Yeah, I haven't gone in and, like, looked nah, for weed and nah, shit. No, you don't, you don't do that. Because that's you not my You don't business. go in and look for weed. It's not my business. Yeah, no, definitely not. You know, the only reason you don't do that is if you want to rip somebody off, and I really have no need to fucking rip somebody <laughs> and, off. And if you're trying to rip somebody off, you better be well protected and well armed because these motherfuckers are. Oh my mama! Oh, all right. Yep. But you know we got to get back to the story. Of Bigfoot, who tore these people into three oh, pieces. Well, no, no, there's three people he tore into pieces. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, this story sticks with Holt House for, like, 20-something years, and then, you know, eventually he decides that it's finally time to dig into what really happened out in, you know, Mendo that night. Uh, there was a quote he said that I liked that it was, uh, he says the truth is never told in, it was either nine to five hours or the nine to five hours, you know, like normal work hours basically. Yeah. So he's saying like for a journalist, the truth is never told in like, you know, in within normal business hours, you got to like look for the shit. So was his, so if, if that's, if, if journalists wrote that, then is it really the truth? Dick's deep thoughts. I thought it was deep dick thoughts. I don't know. Got folks, deep dick? I don't know. I think it was deep dick because I, I like to be fucking so terrible. What are you doing? Why are you changing my audio level? Why do I sound I'm like a little... I'm not changing any audio I level. sound like a little girl now. I hear it. Well, then <sighs> stop talking like a little girl. I'm sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. So, um before we get into the story, we got to talk about the Emerald Triangle and it's the dark best past. place on earth. I mean, yes, it grows some of the best weed on the planet. Well, this is this perfect... is a proven fact. It is hands down known that the best weed on the planet comes from the Emerald Triangle. Goddamn. Hell yeah. Like even better than some of that Indo though? Hell yeah. Like, the outdoor weed is is better than the indoor weed. Fuck yeah. That fire. It's that good, good. We gotta go to Humboldt and Mendocino. 
No, we don't. Yeah, we do. I bet you the pot shop got some good shit. Oh, there. yeah, no. The, the dispensaries out there probably got some fire, but I ain't going anywhere other than that. Okay. Um, but so, so as we it's mentioned, as we mentioned, the Emerald Triangle consists of Humboldt, Mendocino, and Trinity counties. Counties? Count cow titties. Trinity cow titties. Counties. Counties. Anyway, and uh, so during the gold rush, the uh, the the white the Weot massacre, Weot Weot, sorry, didn't look up the pronunciation. Probably should have. Uh, occurred in the Humboldt Bay on February 26, 1860, uh, carried out by a group of settlers organized under the name Humboldt Volunteers Second Brigade. Uh, basically, an entire tribe was slaughtered. Uh, you know, they, I heard that they used like, uh, they used firearms on the men and then they went in with, uh, like bayonets and pickaxes and like, or like axes and like chopped up fucking the men, women, or like the women, children and old people. It was bad. We were, we're, we're terrible people. All right. So first things first, I'm going to take, oh no, this isn't the dab tool. All right, first things first, I'm going to take some of this Space Queen Dabbable Distillate. It's what it sounds like. It's just distillate in a jar. Um, But I like to put it as my base layer because it's nice and gooey and it grabs onto whatever else you're going to stick on top of it. Um, So then I like to go in with something maybe a little crumbly. So... I've got this milk and cookies live resin here. It's nice and crumbly, so I'm gonna put a little bit of that. Just a couple little rocks, little, little chunky chunks. I'm the boogeyman. Oh no, the boogeyman. <laughs> and then the third thing, I like to throw a little diamond on there. So. Uh, I do the tits a lot. The tits is nice, but I like the tits. I like the tits. I also really like the galaxy. I mean, so who doesn't I, like tits? Who I think, like well, so I just, but tits. since I did the Space Queen Dabbable Distillate, I think I'm going to do the Galaxy OG Diamonds. Kind of stay on theme here. I mean, I didn't really stay on theme with the crumble, so I kind of, whatever. Doesn't really matter. All right, so... A lot of railroads in Northern California and surrounding sediments were built by the Chinese immigrants. Um, they, they actually, the Chinese immigrants helped build the um, railroad across the United States. Yeah, basically, they? like they, it was a lot of the railroads, in, including the Transcontinental Railroad, were built on the backs of Chinese and, uh, and they workers. And you know, they weren't always, and sometimes they're still not treated equally. Yeah, and um. In 1885, over 300 Chinese were kicked out of their homes in Eureka, and their neighborhood was destroyed. Yeah. So, but what? Well, why were they kicked out? <laughs> Basically, just because they were Chinese. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like, That's what I'm saying. Is like this this entire area, this entire I mean, this entire country, let alone this area, yeah, has a bit of a dark history and a dark past to it. So there's a lot of there's a lot of trauma on the land and there's a lot of like that shit like that shit stays with the land, you know? So we could be standing on an ancient area Indian burial ground 
or an ancient Possibly. Chinese settlement that was stolen from the Chinese? Well, I mean, yeah, probably. But anyway, back back to what we were talking about. All right, yeah, no, so we got into the dark history of the Emerald Triangle. We talked about that. We covered that. Let's get back into the story. So Holthouse's first steps, you know, the first thing that David does is he goes and he looks into missing persons reports for the time period and the area that he was looking for, you know, so 1993, Mendocino County, uh, three Mexican guys. This really doesn't turn up anything, but this also could be due to the fact that later on in the documentary, Ugh. as I mentioned earlier, David does go on to say that the rate of missing persons cases in Mendocino and the other Emerald Triangle counties per capita is the highest in the country. Um, and I think it's even, I think in Mendocino specific or Mendocino or Humboldt specifically, it's double the rate anywhere else in the country. Uh, so yeah, it, there's a lot of fucking people that go missing out here, you know? So then he, uh, he starts calling everybody he knew in the weed scene back in the early nineties. Is it still in the weed game? And you know, yeah, well, whether, they're, whether, whether they're still in the weed game or not, you know, he just started calling people he knew that were involved that's, back in the nineties. That, that's the person that was doing something from high school and they still doing the same thing. Yeah, basically. You got to upgrade, sell some cocaine. Well, I mean, other drugs do play a part in this episode, so... Anyways. Um, so, yeah, so uh, he starts calling everybody he knows, and initially nobody really knows anything, you know, when he'd be like, hey, I heard this story about Sasquatch killing three guys, or a Bigfoot killing three guys on, you know, a pot farm. And everybody would just be like, no, not really. So he hires this private investigator who was a retired cop from the area. And, uh... Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it already there? You know, it gets better. Don't worry. This shit, this shit's fucking juicy. It's got, it's got layers. This shit's Whoa. a fucking onion. We're about to peel it's, into this juicy fucking I'm onion. I'm fucking crying right we're now. We're about to, yeah, exactly. Get your gum out. Get your fucking chewing gum out because we're about to peel into this big juicy bitch of an onion I and for- talk about what the fuck happened in Mendocino County. Um. So the documentary, it also uh, talks to several Sasquatch hunters, including Bob Gimlin, one of the people um, behind the Patterson-Gimlin film in 1967, which is the most famous and established piece of proof of Bigfoot evidence. Yeah, this is which, the that's the one where like you know the they have the camera like point, and the Bigfoot's and, walking Bigfoot's away. walking across the, like the creek bed, or as the, as this guy says, the creek. He goes, yeah, right across the creek there, you could see the Sasquatch was walking. And so I told him to get the camera, and so Robert, Robert, Pat, Robert, being a like, Pattinson, Patterson, got the camera, Roger Patterson, that's what it was, uh, got the camera, and they, they got the one of the most famous pieces of Bigfoot evidence. But uh, later on, they talked to a guy in the documentary uh, who claims that he was in the Sasquatch costume in that video. And then like the Gimlin guys like, dude, this guy's hella short. There's no way he was that Sasquatch. And then he's like, he's my neighbor. Like, you know, I wave to him every once in a while. And then they cut to him interviewing the other guy. And he's like, yeah, no, he doesn't even look at me. He doesn't speak to me, nothing. And then his wife goes, well, he waves from time to time. And he goes, well, yeah, yeah, he waves from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you guys are so full of shit. Like, uh, you know, like, anyway. But, yeah, so that was just so, a little weird side piece. So, you piece. know, every, every continent, you got, you got Sasquatch, Sasquatch Bigfoot, Yeti, Yeti, Bigfoot. 
Yeah, and like I think is it all the same thing? Well, and, and so they do they do talk about that in the documentary about how like there's this this universality to these these stories and how like you know maybe it's just kind of like a a man made mythos because they're talking about how like when you're out in these very old wives tale well no and they're also talking about like when you're out in these like super secluded areas of nature and like you know you're out there by yourself you're especially. not by yourself well no and so what they said is like you start to feel like maybe i don't belong here and maybe that something is coming to get me out of here because i don't belong here and like that was the kind of like the whole concept with the sasquatch you know thing was like we're encroaching on their territory by going further and further out into the mountains to grow weed or do whatever we're doing, you know? And so like, it's, I, but at the same time you have to ask with every single continent having some kind of a, a Sasquatch or a Yeti or an abominable snowman, maybe there's something to it. Maybe but, they really do exist. But then I don't, I don't know because Look, look at it this way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw something at you because I've noticed it before, and this is totally like what we don't talk about. We really don't ever bring this up. Religion, it's all the same. They all have the same fucking stories. It's just different timelines. Oh, it's, it's all different like, names. It's all the same story, pretty it, much. It's all, it's all except he, for Mormonism because James Smith made that <laughs> shit up. Well, Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. Uh, but and uh, like and like universally, like that's what they like. There, there's a lot of concepts that bind religions together universally. That it's all basically the same thing. It's just small variations and minor details that end up being the difference between you know fucking giant wars over religion it's ridiculous like i just don't understand why you can't just let people be whatever fucking religion they want to be and like like that's it that's cool like and i'm not i'm not even for religion you know nope. and but like i'm still for like if you want to be religious cool go be religious just don't push your religion on other people yep. and don't fucking judge other people for their religions yep that's it but aren't you always going to be judged kind of for your religion because what you think is okay and not okay to do in a way? True. And like this goes into a lot of ethics. I mean, shit, you know, you know like, how many this times goes into I've got, a lot of ethics. I've gotten though. the look, dude, like the fuck? Are you serious? And it's like, dude, like, well, I ain't doing nothing. Right. You might be uncomfortable with me smoking a blunt in front of my house, but I ain't fucking uncomfortable with me smoking a blunt. <laughs> if you got a problem with that, you can step the fuck across the yeah. street. Well, and like that goes into a lot of ethics. Like uh, my girlfriend was taking this course in uh, her one of her college classes, and the the ethics essay was on uh, cultural norms. You know, because what is normal for one culture might be uh, an atrocity or a crime for another culture. You know, there's cultures where uh, you, you, you know no, there's there's cultures where like genital mutilation. And like basically genocide or accepted. Are you serious? Yeah, especially like in, you know in like uh, a lot of countries like you know with the apartheid and like the shit going on in Africa. Like there's a lot of genital mutilation, a lot of shit that goes on out there. And you know for the people that are doing it, it's an accepted thing. But over here, like that's an atrocity. And I mean it's an atrocity in any in any book, in my opinion. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter what you believe. That is fucking up. my fucking shit. No, and like it's and the, well, the fucked up, no, no the fucked up part is is it's mostly women that are being the victims of this. Oh, they take out their, uh, their, yeah, their clit so they don't well, feel yeah, any pleasure. And, yeah, it's it's all fucked up. Um, so you know, a little side tangent once again, but uh, yeah. So let's see what we got here. All right, so a dealer in Oakland, hooks, California. Yeah, Oakland. Oh, this dude, this all takes place in California. 
Did he make the Razor because his name was Razor? <laughs> no, I'm assuming this is just a, a code name. It's a coincidence. No, it's, it's a code name, so we don't know who the guy really is. Sure. So a, sure. a dealer in Oakland hooks Holt House up with a guy named Razor, who was around at the same time. And, you know, when he was asking around, David would try not to, like, give out too many details so people weren't just feeding back information to him and kind of like, you know, oh, yeah, 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 that 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 sounds familiar. But when he asked Razor about it, instantly he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I heard about these three guys, possibly Mexican nationals who had been, like, torn apart. The camp was destroyed and it was up on Spy Rock Road, uh, which is an area on the Humboldt-Mendo border. And he says, in 93. So he basically nailed every last detail. And uh, a little side note again, Spy Rock Road was, slash maybe still is, Hell's Angels territory. Like they're prominent? Oh yeah, yeah. Like they, they run and shit out there. And it was only 15 <laughs> minutes away from the farm that David Holthouse was at that fateful fall night. Yeah, yeah, because at first he's like, oh, I think that's like an hour away from where I was. So, like, they could have driven over here in that time. But then he, like, Googled it, and it was 15 minutes away from where he was. So it's very plausible that these guys were at this place, that this is exactly what he was talking about, the where he was looking for, and they made it over to the farm he was at within that 15 minutes. So, you know, it's like this is starting to, the pieces are falling into place, and it's starting to look more and more like people are to blame rather than Sasquatch. Yes. Which kind of was what was inevitable, because come on, if it was really Bigfoot that murdered three people, it would be everywhere. It would be all over the news. Motherfuckers would be like, hey, not if Not if you got your crop. We, we you... found Bigfoot. Not if you got your crop. Did you just pull us? True. Anyway, so um, meanwhile, David had... You that shit. is good, good fertilizer. <laughs> Uh, so meanwhile, David hadn't heard from the the private investigator that he had hired for about a couple of weeks. Um, then one day, out of nowhere, he gets a couple of text messages from the PI that start to raise some serious red flags. Like he shouldn't have slept with that girl last night? Yeah, like those kinds of red flags. <laughs> like she's already texted you and called you 37 times oh, no. and left five voicemails and then has Googled your family's names and has started calling your mother. You have friends requests on Instagram, Snapchat. Every social media yeah. platform, she's emailed you 17 times. Liked all your pictures. <laughs> anyway, so the texts. It says, <laughs> I feel morally and ethically bound to warn you. That you are venturing into dangerous territory. Unlike you, I live here and have a family to protect. You, please be careful. Are those all different texts? Yeah, it was like three separate texts. Oh no! But uh, like that's some heavy shit to yeah. just be like, hey, um, from the dude he hasn't heard from in weeks. I mean, that's even a heavy. So comp. that means that this private investigator found out some shit that he was like, mm, maybe you don't want to be looking into this. I would reply, can you send me what you found? Right. But then but he just ghosts him after this. He says you feel morally and ethically bound to warn me. So let me yeah, but no, him. like after this, the, 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 the dude just ghosts him. He never hears from him again. How much did he pay this guy? I don't know, but he got ripped off. Yeah, he did. All right. Um, I'm going to finish my dab real quick um, while we segue into Camp and Operation Green Sweep. Camp actually stands for... Campaign against marijuana planting, and it was a multi-agency law enforcement task that um, it started in 1983, and it was started by the California Department of Justice, 
and it was comprised of local and local, state, and federal agencies. Um, they were organized with the express aim of eradicating illegal cannabis cultivation and trafficking in California. As we all know, in that area, actually in all of California, everybody, well, not everybody, but almost everybody grows weed. Every time I tell people I got a garden, they're like, oh, you got weed in there? And I'm like, nah, you know? But um, <clears throat> there was also Operation Green Sweep, and that was a series of drug raids that was conducted uh, by over 200 U.S. Army soldiers, National Guardsmen, and federal agents, and that took place in Humboldt County. And this was actually the first time that active duty troops were used to fight growing weed in the United States. Yeah, they were basically using active U.S. Uh, uh, like uh, soldiers against U.S. citizens. I thought like, you had to get like some shit signed to have. No, they dude, they were landing fucking attack choppers full of heavily armed and heavily armored soldiers and federal agents in the middle of schoolyards and terrorizing neighborhoods. Like at one point in one of the operations or raids or what the fuck ever, one of the officers or soldiers or who the fuck ever shot the dog of a family in Trinity County that didn't even fucking grow weed. Like they had nothing to do with shit their and they just shot their it. fucking dog. The dog was doing his job. Yeah, the dog was just like, hey, who? and so like this is this starts to feed into this whole fucking mentality of like it's a war zone. Well, You're sure. basically putting normal fucking people. These are hippies. These are fucking. Yep. These are fucking hippies and back to landers who came out into the middle of nowhere to just be happy and be like alone. They, grow and grow weed. Weed. they just happened well, to and, found and a what, wonderful area what happened, for it. What happened is growing weed just happened to be a way to make money. Like they didn't grow, go there to grow weed. They just ended up having to do that to make but money. Not like so this is their livelihood and you're taking away people's livelihoods and you're destroying towns and you're just fucking people up over weed. Fuck that. I don't think at that time tons of weed was coming out of Humboldt. A lot of that shit was coming from Mexico anyway. Now now ton, tons of weed comes from Humboldt, but I don't know how much of it's... Well, I mean, this is only in the 90s. This is hell, like 80s, the 80s. 80s and 90s. There was hella weed out there. Not tons, though. I'm talking about weight. Not like there is now. Not nearly as much as there is now. Well, and then that's the thing, though. Is, let me get to the next slide. <coughs> yeah, I was just talking about this. You know, as a result of camp and Operation Green Sweep and all the the war on drugs basically overall, you know, the growers and the people out there become more and more protective and paranoid of their crops and their properties. You know, they start uh, carrying guns and booby trapping their properties and it, like people just like it ruined the sense of community, you know. And and in the end, it all really had very little impact on the black market because now there's so much weed from there going to the black market. In fact, a majority of the weed grown in the Ember, Emerald Triangle is black market. Like, y'all did nothing. Y'all did nothing but ruin people's lives and fucking basically start a fucking culture of violence and crime because you turned it into a crime to grow weed. I, I, I still go to clubs, but you know what? It's, uh, at the end of the day, I like it off the black market better because it's cheaper. I don't have to pay that fucking outrageous tax on it. I get an ounce for cheaper than I can at the club or better stuff, you know? Like, I just don't, I don't get it. Make it so a dime bag is a dime. Let me get a finger for twenty bucks. A finger for twenty bucks. 
I just, you know, the whole war on drugs was bullshit, in my opinion. <laughs> like, all it really did was just create an entire fucking black market for this shit. And it created a culture of crime. And, like, y'all want, like, they want to bitch about the cartels and the, the drug syndicates and all this shit. But y'all created that shit. Yes. Like, if you but look they at... No, sold if you, okay, co- okay, but the look government at, look, in the 80s look at, yeah, sold cocaine the to is, people. Like, they're the ones selling fucking they, drugs half the time. They were selling they drugs started, to people. They started the fucking crack epidemic. Like, they brought over hella cocaine and opium and all this other shit, but then they want to fucking turn around and arrest people for this shit. It's fucking hypocrisy. It's all ultimate hypocrisy, and it's all greed, and that's what really this story comes down to is greed. And we'll get to that. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting a little a little passionate here, you know. It's I, I just I think the whole the war on drugs has just been a, a, a massive failure in this country's history. Hey, come on, there are some things that you shouldn't that people shouldn't be doing, like heroin and shit. Though. Okay, no, but I, okay, here's there the thing though. No, no, people are gonna do that regardless, right? But here's the thing: if you look at countries where these drugs are decriminalized or legalized and they provide safe use places. It's regulated people. The overdose rates are lower. The addiction rates are lower because it's not a taboo. Like it's, if you create this culture of a taboo thing where it's like, but we're a lot of us in America, we, we overindulge and that's, that's, that's the problem. And, and, and you know they, we get addicted because you know if i have this money and i can just keep doing it and doing it and doing it i'm gonna still do it so i mean you'll get rid of a little bit of crime you're gonna get rid of the dr- drug charges but you're still gonna have the robberies and everything else like that because it's still gonna cost an arm and a leg to get the shit and it, it, it's it's not gonna be cheap if you want quality no, it wouldn't because you, you gotta can, pay no, for that. because if it wasn't fucking illegal they can fucking produce cleaner product they can regulate it they can but fucking still control gonna be, there, it there's still going to be a black market there's always going to be a black market yes but if you don't like here's the thing is if you have such a big white market the black market doesn't thrive that well because the white market is so prevalent and so easily accessible the problem is is that they remove accessibility and that's why you have to go to the black market you're driving up a demand for a substance in the black market in the first place <laughs> anyway, back to the investigation, which is actually the name of the slide, so perfect timing. Uh, so at one point in the documentary, David talks about how criminals have always kind of felt comfortable around him, and he has always kind of felt comfortable around criminals. And he said at one point that uh, <laughs> I read to them as crooked as they are. Um, and you know, basically he talks about in some of his interviews, how like I, a lot of it that comes to because of his past, you know, with what he had to deal with. And, uh, so he said that, you know, like that, like always came to him as a great, I think that's a useful life skill, you know, honestly, especially if you're a gonzo journalist. I thought Gonzo was a, a porn part. No, like, Gonzo uh, is one of the Muppets. A thing of porn. No, Gonzo's the Muppet, wasn't he? Uh, he's the one with the big nose. Uh, he's like, you don't know if he's an alien or yeah, a Yeah, but doesn't it have or, something to do with porn, too? Does it? I think so. Are, are we about to Google this? Google Gonzo porn. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm about to find all <laughs> kinds of weird shit. We're about to find out what have we degraded ourselves to. Just random shit. This is, so, ladies, if you're listening, this is what we talk about when we're just chilling by ourselves. 
Gonzo porn. <laughs> Gonzo pornography. The loose and direct camera work often includes tight shots of the genital. Oh, wow. We got it. Let me open it up. Gonzo pornography. This is courtesy of Wikipedia, by the way. Uh, Gonzo pornography is a style of pornographic film that attempts to place the viewer directly into the scene. Uh, so isn't that just PO? Isn't that POV? This is what I would think. Uh, so, wait, the name is a reference to gonzo journalism, which is actually what we're about to talk about here, which gonzo journalism is a style of journalism that is written without claims of objectivity, often including the reporter as part of the story using a first-person narrative. So, like a lot of David Holdhouse's investigations, was like he, was under, yeah, he was under... Yeah, <laughs> he, no, he was under... No, he was under he was undercover he was part of the he was part of the story basically you know so gonzo journalism so the name is a reference to gonzo journalism uh which is you know reporters that are part of the event so by comparison gonzo pornography puts the camera right into the action often with one or more of the participants filming and performing sexual acts without the usual separation between camera and performers seen in conventional porn and cinema Huh. So it's like POV. So yeah, when they like get real up close to the balls and like you know all that shit and like it's uh, the dudes holding the camera, like it, it's like intense POV. Intense POV. And now you know. Fun fact. Yeah, fun fact That's for the fun day. Fun fact for the day. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, it even says similarities to point of view for pornography. That's an odd illustration. What is that? What is it's that? an illustration of POV pornography. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's like if uh, can high, we post no, that on no, our this, site? This is like this is like if high school sex ed taught you about porn. And can we post that on our? I website? I kind of want yeah I might just save this photo. Oh god, that's gonna be an odd <laughs> photo. I'm not gonna save the photo. All right, so hey, free Britney. Free Shelly. Shelly. Where's Shelly, David? Where is Shelly, David? I think that should be another little one of our catch slogans. Dude, like, where's Shelly, David? I, I don't know, man. Cause do I'm, you really want to go there? Do you want to? Do you want to piss him off that badly? He's he's gonna come after Dude, us. What's man? he gonna come after us? Like, we what do we have to lose? Dab to death. How? How is it, if anything? It's just gonna bring more publicity to our show. They're gonna put something bad in our dab. <laughs> I only get product from trusted sources, though. <laughs> and then we will be dabbed to death. Oh, my God. That would be an appropriate <laughs> end. It really would, though. Gotta say. Da- dabbed to death say. founders died by dabbing. Yeah, dabbed to death. They took the death dab. We dabbed a Tide hey, Pod. No, we turned it into a religion and we took the dab. Oh, da- my God. The dab so, to take so, us so, to so the so other level. Yeah, you have to take this dab to ascend to the mothership. And, uh, yeah. It I- kills you. Yeah, basically. Everybody take the dab. <laughs> and if they don't want to take the dab, you inject them with the dab. <laughs> with the smoke from it. You just got fucking dab smoking. Fucking... Which technically, because that's an air bubble, it would still it was, kill them. Because kill they them. would go straight to their heart and just... Done. Done, so... Anyways. Um, yeah, so David goes up to Spy Rock Road to meet with a source and he decides to wear a hidden camera and mic while he's there 
And while he's up there, the source tells him a story of two people from L.A. And I'm not going to say what the person said in the documentary because it was very racist. They got killed and buried up there. Yeah, yeah. Why? What was so racist about it? Um, Because he's just like two N-words from L.A. Oh. You know? Okay. And uh, so, you know, like, it, it, this like where I was saying, you know, the story hints and at the, 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 the story hints at the prevalent racism in the area, which when combined with. It still with, is there. Well, you know, it definitely is. And like, it's, it's, like I said, it's been there since the gold rush. The people then wiped out an entire fucking tribe and like basically took the land from the indigenous people. And like since then, oh. the land has just kind of been They're tainted and stained. Great and, like, ass weed. But yeah, it does. It produces fireweed. <laughs> um. So, but he talks about you know. So the source or the source talks about two people from L.A. that get killed and buried up there, and this hints at the racism in the area, which when combined with the serious isolation of the area and some of the harder drug use that is found out there, this can be a deadly combination. Which in this case, it was. Oh shit! Dun dun dun! Dun dun dun! This is foreshadowing. One um, night. <laughs> yeah. So one night, David meets with a source and some old school growers for dinner. And after dinner's over and the diner's kind of emptied out, you know, and it's just them left there. David's source leans over and says, "Hey, uh, I hear you're looking into those three Mexican guys that." so-and-so greased back in 93 yeah they censored the name but uh like holy shit dude this guy this guy just leans over and goes hey man i heard you're looking maybe he says sasquatch well no he he says he just like he says the name and he bleeps it out and we come to find out that the reason he bleeps out the name is because this person uh this alleged killer works on a farm owned by the hell's angels and he's very well connected with the hell's angels um, so he's described as a guy with long hair, a leather jacket with some affiliate patches, who drives an old pickup. And, uh, you know, a quote was, just like any old deadhead kind of guy, you know, like Grateful Dead fan that, you know, may or may not be murdering people. But they censored his name because, like, I figured, you know, if we don't put his name into it, you know, we, you know, we're not, like, accusing him of anything. We're just yeah. saying, like, this is the story we heard. Yeah. You know, and so they took his name out of it, which, like, you know, that's cool. Because, like, we're not trying to accuse nobody of right. shit either. <laughs> you know, like, dude, fucking, we're just trying to tell a cool story. Right. You know, and so eventually he tracks down and calls the alleged killer, which I'm, I just call him the AK, you know. Uh, so he calls the AK and asks him about the triple homicide. And naturally, the guy just denies any knowledge and then just hangs up on him. Right. Well, I would, too. Well, yeah. I mean, oh, the fuck regardless, regardless of if I did it or not, if somebody called me, and was like, hey, uh, do you know anything about this triple homicide? Most likely I wouldn't have done. It. No. Well, no, I'm just saying even if I was like a witness, even if why I, are you even calling me no, about and, it, bro? And that's the thing is like, even if I was a witness and somebody was like, hey, uh, do you know anything about this triple homicide? Chances are I'm going to be like, nope. Nah, I don't know shit. Get the fuck away from me. You know, natural reaction, especially yeah. for somebody in the cannabis industry. Espe- no, especially for somebody in the black market cannabis industry, growing weed up in the mountains of fucking Humboldt County. I can understand why you would just be like, nah, dude, get the fuck out of here. Leave uh, me alone. I would tell him the same thing, you know? So by this point, the story has developed into 
these three guys being murdered on the orders of a quote powerful local grower because they had gotten the wrong guy's daughter strung out on meth. So the story is developing over time as he's investigating, you know, initially it was like a Bigfoot killed these guys. Then it was, nah, these guys were killed because they strung out some dude's daughter on dope. And this, this farmer was like, nah, fuck that shit. So, you know, the, the story is developing, he's learning a little more. It's growing into this, this, this truer and truer story, you know? And then there was Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. Remember how we said Bigfoot killed these guys? Well, maybe, maybe. So David then learns that one of the first big growers out in the mountains was a man known as Bigfoot. And this causes David to go back to that night in 93 and question whether the guy had said that... But why were the bodies torn apart? Still we'll, been, we'll, 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 we'll get into that. That's still what's, you know... We will definitely get into that. I mean, because that's more than a statement. That's, that's, that's... Oh, yeah, yeah, no. That's like a, a message. Oh, it's definitely a message. So, but he goes back to that night in 93, right? And he's playing it back in his head. Because initially, he remembered the guy said a Bigfoot killed those guys. But now he's thinking maybe that guy just said Bigfoot killed those guys. Yeah. You know? So after doing some digging, he finds out from an ex cop slash investigator that the guy he's looking for is probably a guy named Bigfoot Gary. Um, you know, and he got this name cause he has big feet and he likes to walk around barefoot. Big Dick Gary. Which equals Bigfoot Gary. Big Dick Gary. Big Dick Gary. BDG. Uh, I do refer to Bigfoot Gary as BFG several times in here just because I got tired of typing Bigfoot Big Gary. Big fucking Gary. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> actually, did you ever... Uh, you remember Roald Dahl, the author, wrote uh, Matilda, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I don't remember, but I've read parts uh, of those books. The, so, so Roald Dahl wrote a book called The Big Friendly Giant, the BFG. G. So every time I wrote BFG in here, I was thinking Big Friendly Giant, and it just made this a lot more entertaining to research. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because then I'd be like, the Big Friendly Giant might have killed some people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so David decides to try and track down Bigfoot Gary, or like I said, BFG, and at some point meets a source that claims they worked for BFG for a couple seasons. Um, and they said that, you know, Gary really wasn't the kind of guy to cross or piss off. And the source also claimed to have heard that those three guys had raped BFG's daughter and that he had them killed for it. So again, the story Uh-oh. is the story has evolved once more instead of, oh, they got somebody strung out on dope and so they got killed. No, and now it's they raped BFG's daughter. Yeah. And so he had the alleged killer. He had AK kill him. Eventually, David's up in the mountains, so he doesn't have service, and he get he gets back into service, and he gets a couple of text messages from one of BFG's Bigfoot, Bigfoot Gary's neighbors. Yeah, one of Bigfoot Gary's neighbors who's relaying a message from Bigfoot, Bigfoot Gary's, Gary's wife. wife. And I'm gonna take a drink and let you take this one from saying me. um this, she, this this these are the text messages. Um, she says Gary didn't kill a bunch of Mexicans, and that they weren't living in late during the year in question. She says, call me and let's talk about what this is all about, then gives a phone number. Yeah. So basically the wife, the, wife's, the, the wife's reaching out and going, hold on, 
No, no. This never happened. We weren't even in Leightonville during the years in question. Right, right. Which, at first, when with the phrasing they use, because it's all very, like, legal, it's like, oh, I was not there during the years in question. Oh, we were not around during that time of, uh, you know, like, the way they speak is very, like, legally dodgy. So, at first, I was kind of like, hmm, seems a little sus. But, as we'll find out, we get to the bottom of the Bigfoot situation. I'm doing a dab, by the way. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so, um, let's get to the bottom of the Bigfoot situation here. So, David calls Carolyn, and she's Bigfoot Gary's wife. And she tells him that he's getting bad information, and that at the time in question, they weren't even back in California. They were on the East Coast. They weren't even back in California until 1996. Yeah. And he asked her about the alleged killer, and she tells him that, yes, you know, her husband, Bigfoot Gary, knows him. And um, he asked to speak to Bigfoot Gary, and Gary yeah, told... it was kind of funny when he asked to speak to him, too, because he's like, so can I speak to Gary? He's like, is he there, or, like, are you the intermediary? Like, can I only speak to you? And so she's even, like, she's, I guess she's sitting right next to him because she goes, he says, can he speak to you, or am I the intermediary? <laughs> and then you hear like the phone shuffling over and then he get he talks but like they kind of like change Gary's voice towards like hello. one of those hello and then like muffling the voice so they can like protect the identity or whatever like those old, yeah. those old documentaries where the guy's like all blacked out and his voice is hella deep and different it was like that yeah and so he asked to speak to him and he told him that he worked with AK back in the big money days on a few big weed deals and that just because people might say a lot of things about them doesn't necessarily mean that they're true. And I mean, that's with everything though. Yeah, no. And especially cause, uh, you know, with this, uh, with this area and this, there's a lot of rumors out there. It's, it's like a small town. Everybody yeah, knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody. If you, everybody's, if you don't everybody's there, talking about know. everybody, you know, it's like, so everybody's like assuming shit about people. Everybody's got stories. You know, it's it's urban legends and folklore and shit like that, you know? Big Dick Gary. We should reach out to him and tell him he should change his name to Big Dick Gary. Because it just sounds yeah. better. See, <coughs> Bigfoot Gary and Carolyn, they, they, they did have a daughter. They did. Um, she so, wasn't born so part until of the story though. checked out, right? Wait, what? She wasn't born until 2000. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, that's... Seven years after the murders? Yeah. And the story about around Bigfoot Gary being behind these murders fell apart, and it seemed like David was back to square one. Yeah, because, I mean, he'd done all this investigating, all of this digging, and all of this shit, and he thought he'd come to the end of the story. He thought this was it. He thought Bigfoot Gary was going to be his guy. And he but even just, no, he even says in the documentary... he goes, rotten tomatoes. No, in, in the documentary, he even says, he goes, dude... If these guys raped his daughter and he had them killed for it, good for him. Like yeah, fuck that shit. Fuck yeah. that. He's like he believes that every murder or every rapist should fucking be fucking murdered. Like fuck that shit. Fuck rapists. Fuck raping anybody. Like that's wrong. Anyway. And so as close to the truth as we're gonna get. For you know, for now. But um, for about a year, David had been attempting to get to um, get two of his contacts to reach out to the owner of the Grow. He was at 93 on his behalf. Finally, he gets one of them to actually put him in touch with him. 
with the guy, the said said grower that he is looking for. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Remember the dude that owned the property he was on, and the guy that was the own, they were in the cabin. And when it was funny because when the guys came in talking about like Sasquatch killing these guys or whatever, the owner just kind of like played it off like it was no big deal. And then when the guys left, the owner just kind of went, huh, well, that was weird and sat back down and watched TV like that. It was. And so like this, once you find out what really happened, you'll kind of see why he did that. But like at the time it made no sense. So that's kind of why David was like, maybe I need to talk to this guy. Maybe I need to talk to the guy that owned the farm. I was on to see like what really happened that night. Like, what did the guy say on the phone? What did the guy say when he showed up? Like what really happened? You know? And what did he say? So, (laughs) The moment they get on the phone, right, you know, because like so they, you know, gets the, the person to put him in touch. The moment they get on the phone, he goes, hey, this is David. And you just hear no names. Don't say anyone's names. So this guy means fucking business. Right. Like, obviously, you know, like I said, these people are growing, you know, some black market weed. They're doing their business. They're trying to make a living. That's all they're trying to do. You know, so they don't need their names out there. And I respect that. Anyway. So David tells him the story as he remembers it, right? And the grower just kind of sits there for a second and goes, I'm going to lay out as much of this as I feel comfortable with telling you, basically. And he goes, you're really only scraping the surface of the crazy at this point. That story you heard that night was true. Oh, shit. Yeah, right? So apparently... A group of old timers were all sitting around one night doing, quote, the stimulants of their choice (laughs) and talking about how, quote, the Mexicans were becoming a problem, quote. And again, now this does not mean they even said in the documentary this did not mean all Mexicans just the just, tough ones. just the tough ones <laughs> so no apparently what was happening what they or at least what they said was happening was that some of the immigrant workers would get jobs at farms run by older growers and would essentially strong arm them and take over the farms possibly for the cartels you know no shit and so a chupacabra <laughs> i love that word <laughs> anyway so yeah so one of the guys is like sitting there high as shit and he goes dude I, I really wish we had like a bunch of fucking chupacabras or something to scare them off with and to which one of the other guys instantly is just like dude we got something better than a chupacabra we got sasquatch so they start spreading these stories and rumors throughout the Emerald Triangle of Sasquatches beginning to become more and more aggressive and encroaching on some of the grows and the farms as a response to people encroaching on their homes, right? So they're kind of laying the groundwork here for like, hey, you know, Sasquatches, Bigfoot, whatever, whoop de whoop So in the end, what it all really came down to was that those three Mexicans were made an example of. And so this grower tells him that using bolt cutters, pickaxes, and a forklift, a group of the OG growers tore out the plants, ripped apart the bodies, and destroyed the camp. Um, So the goal was to stage it to look like a Sasquatch had committed the murders. You know, and so, like, they're ripping entire plants out of the ground, so it looks like a big monster just came in and fucked shit up, right? 
And so when he asks, when David asks the guy if he was involved with making the making of this decision, the grower David talking is talking to just goes, no comment. Hmm. Right. Hmm. So it was then arranged that quote chatterboxes would accidentally stumble across the grizzly scene. So they would then do their job of spreading the word far and wide that a Bigfoot killed those guys. Yeah. So what it really all came down to was greed. You know, people were taking people's farms, you know, people were fucking paranoid. People were on drugs. It's harvest season. They're up for days. Like, it all really just came down to fucking greed and paranoia and fucking, you know... Money! Money, 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 money! Money! And there was a point, there was a clip that, uh, at the very end of the documentary, that David was talking as he's driving his car, and I really liked it, and I really wanted to play it for you guys, so I recorded it. It's just 23 seconds, but uh, listen to this. Fakes, they have included 
things that were not scientifically discovered, at least as far as like, uh, you know, uh, you know, primate patterns or footprints or stuff like that. You know, like there was, there was things involved that they wouldn't have known 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 fucking years ago, hundreds of years ago when they first started finding Bigfoot footprints, you know? So I do believe that it's, it's something that's out there. There's so much shit out there that that we we don't don't know know about. about. Like seriously. And like, like I said, it's not to, it's not beyond belief that before a Bigfoot dies, it goes out to some super secluded place or to some like deep underground cave that we haven't discovered yet. Maybe one day somebody will be spelunking in a cave and they'll just come across fucking hundreds of dead fucking Bigfoot skeletons. Like you never know. You never fucking know. There's like how much of the ocean have we not just looked into yet? Like 80%. Yeah. Like there's so much shit we don't know about out there. Like it's insane. So I think Bigfoot could be real, but Bigfoot most definitely did not murder those three guys in Humble. As far as we know. Well, as far as the we evidence. Know. Right, right. The evidence is portrayed otherwise. There can always be so, greater cover ups. Yeah, the, I mean there have been bigger cover ups, and we will talk about big cover ups later in but different conspiracy dick. theory episodes. Um what are we gonna do next week? Wasn't it aliens? think we're doing something I about think, aliens I think so yeah yeah so we're gonna do like uh some, maybe predator. uh we'll do <laughs> no we'll do like uh some alien abduction stories or something like that yeah. um you know that way we it's not like a super research intensive episode we can just kind of find a couple really cool stories um and talk about those um and then uh so you know i think that's a good way to wrap up the episode uh thank you guys for listening so thank you um for I, talking. yeah i am nick <laughs> And I'm Dick. And uh, this is Dab to Death. And you can find us on all of your social media platforms at Dab to Death. Unless you're on Instagram and then it's BigDick.com. <laughs> no, then it's at Dab to Death Podcast. You can also visit us at www.dabtodeath.com. And be sure to subscribe on wherever you listen to podcasts. And please like, rate, and review. We could use mm-hmm. it. Uh, wait, do you like? I think you just rate and review. Yeah, just rate and review. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little high. Anyway, um, so yeah, this has been Dab to Death, and uh, next week we're going to do some aliens. Yeah, so uh, signing out, and uh, be careful out there. You never know when you're going to get dabbed to death. Deuces. <laughs>